Hello, I'm Rosemary Kolo, and I'm super excited to welcome you to today's episode of Relationship and Marriage Question and Answer Section. With me is Pastor Lakon Adegunwa, and he will be addressing some of our questions today. Stay tuned and be blessed. So, Pastor Lakon, I've got a question here from a couple who have been married for over 10 years. They both have good jobs with good income, and they are both transparent about their earnings. They also both contribute to the welfare of their family. However, they both have separate bank accounts. So please tell us, from a Christian perspective, what is your view on separate bank accounts? Oh, yes. My view on separate bank accounts. Um, I think this is a question that you know, I've had to answer in so many seminars and in so many countries. Um, but what I want to say is this. The issue of money is the same anywhere in the world. Money is such a powerful thing. And obviously, we need money in our marriages. We do need money in our marriages. But understanding how money works within a marriage is very, very important. What I want to say about this question is this. A few things, uh, you know, just um, to set as background for this uh, question. We need to understand that sometimes... When it comes to having different bank accounts, it's not really a problem. And I would explain because, you know, probably so many years ago, I probably would have said, no, it's a must. But now I understand that there's so many other things that will come into play. For instance, for business purposes, for tax purposes, it might be advisable and might be the best thing for people to do to have separate bank accounts. And so um, it wouldn't be a problem. Probably they wouldn't even have a choice in the matter. But the question here is not about the bank account. I think the problem is about the ownership of the money. It's not just about the bank account, but the ownership of the money. People can have same bank account, joint bank account, and one person might claim ownership of all the money. And people could have separate bank accounts, two, three, four, five bank accounts. And yet the money is owned jointly by the people. So having bank accounts is not the same thing as owning the money. What is very, very important in a marriage is the joint ownership of money, joint ownership of financial capacity, joint ownership of all of that. And so, because, you know, from experience, personally, you know, I've had joint accounts with my wife, but we also still have accounts based on because of business, because of tax purposes that are a little bit separate. But you see, the ownership, it's so important. I've seen people that would have joined accounts and yet it's just the wife or the husband that would just be in charge of all the money. There will not be, you know, uh, you know uh, equity or fairness with it and all of that. It, it, it's not the best. What is important is for people to understand that the ownership must be a joint ownership. So, having said that, why do people have problems with you know my money ownership and all of that background is very important or bringing the way people are brought up the personal you know interest of individuals and the way they've seen money all their lives i've seen people that have grown up in family where money is not really a big deal so they will grow up you know not 
tight-fisted and miserly or greedy. But there are people that the way they've been brought up sometimes is a product of poverty and lack and people's perception about finance changes. So I want to say this. When we get into a marriage, we need to begin to understand the plan of God for marriage. The two shall be one. And that one has to get into the area of finances. Whether we have the same bank account or separate bank accounts, maybe it's not as important as people think it is. But the ownership of money, very important. I believe very strongly that when it comes to finances in a marriage is not your money my money it should be our money wherever we keep it whether under the pillow or under the mattress it's not really as important as the ownership of the money so what do i think about separate bank accounts it depends on individuals it depends on what works based on tax purposes business and so on and so forth but what i would say definitely is this the ownership of money should be joint the ownership of money and the way the family deals with money will be should be with fairness and all that so um yeah so if you're listening to this right now you're wondering oh we've had separate bank accounts or we have joint bank accounts good for you but what i want you to really look into is who owns the money one person or both joint ownership seamless joint ownership of money or family finance it's very very important and i think on that note uh, i'll stop on this question for today thank you wow thank you so very much thank you for throwing more um, light on that and so from this we've learned that it's not as much an issue if people have separate bank accounts it's about the mindset as it relates to the ownership of the money thank you so much for that thank you so let's go to our next question this lady finds out that her husband has been having an uncomfortable and unacceptable relationship with a female friend. They've talked about it and she forgave him. And she thought they had moved on from that issue. But over time, similar issues continue to arise with different females, which is now beginning to impact on her. As a Christian, Please tell us, when do you practically draw a line between forgiveness and protecting your well-being in a situation where a negative habit is recurring? Oh, fantastic. Now, um, before I, I want to read one or two scriptures, but let me say this. The issue of negative habit, especially when it has to do with infidelity, I can understand from that question, uh, is a very, very serious one because it destroys a lot of things in a relationship. It's, um, if it's happened once and uh, one of the partners that you forgive your partner, your spouse, and then it's happening again or it's continuous, it's going to destroy a lot of things. It's going to be a trust issue. It's going to be a security issue. Sometimes people begin to feel insecure. Uh, people begin to lack self-esteem. You begin to wonder why, why is this happening? And people even begin to blame themselves because sometimes people want to blame themselves for everything that a spouse uh, has done wrong. Now, I want to say this. We understand that this is a very very serious issue and must be dealt with but the question was you know it's about forgiveness really and i want to say a few things now we're talking about a woman here who's the husband is the perpetrator here of the evil but i want to just point out that it could be the other way around it's very possible here that you know the wife is also the perpetrator and the husband is a victim in any case, what's important here is to seek to understand the root problem. 
what's really causing this? Because what tends to happen is people would have a problem in their marriage, like in this case, of faithfulness, of infidelity. And we just talk about it. Somebody was going to cry and say, please forgive me. I apologize. And then there will be some level of forgiveness. Now, forgiving someone doesn't take away, you know, their propensity to do evil again. Forgiving someone doesn't mean suddenly that you're going to empower the person to start living right. So forgiveness is beautiful. So forgiveness has its own place. But then if we really want to continue positively together, we need to find solution to the problem. Forgiveness is not often the solution. It's just one of the things we need to do. It can bring healing and deliverance in the marriage and people can be, you know, comfortable with their spouse again because of genuine apology and forgiveness. But then a way forward is very important. On this note, I want to say this. It's extremely important that the couples will find out the underlying curse of what has happened, especially when there is a repetition, when it's becoming a negative habit, you know, as we've said, when it's recurring, then there is a fundamental problem in that marriage or with that person who is bringing this problem into this marriage. So I want us to really say that it's um, both of them would need uh, support. They would need to speak to someone. They would need to speak to a counselor or even a therapist or whatever they would be able to get themselves into that would be positive for their marriage. But what I want to say again is this. Any decision. Now, the question is talking about, you know, uh, protecting your well-being. I guess what that means, maybe you're thinking about, the person is thinking about separation or, you know, just find your way. Just so you don't want to kill yourself over it. Now, without making any judgment on that, I want to say that before you get to that level where you have to take some drastic steps, you need to ask yourself, have I seriously engaged with the problem? Have I spoken to professionals? Have I spoken to people who could help, to counselors? That could be a pastor, but it doesn't have to be a pastor. There are so many people who would help in this area to help the marriage move forward. It's a serious thing in any marriage, especially when you have infidelity that is recurring. It needs to be dealt with. And most times people do need external help for them to understand what's going on, deal with what's going on, and find a very productive and effective way to continue their marriage without a problem. You don't want to live with a negative habit that is recurring because it's going to destroy the foundation of that marriage. You know, it's only a process of time. So it's not something you have to deal with. Uh, finally on that, I want to say this. It's important to pray about it because someone can just say, oh yeah, we, okay, we move on, forgive. No, pray together about it. That sounds simple, but it's very, very important. Pray together. Have they prayed together about it? I'm not talking about the husband going to God to pray. God help me from this. Or the wife praying at my husband. I mean both of them going to God and prayer and praying together. There's something about praying together. You know, as husband and wives concerning an issue. And I think it's so powerful. It's so refreshing. And it's so empowering. They should do that before they get on into other things. Underlying issues must be dealt with. They should seek professional help. They should know what's causing it, especially when it's done to one habit. There might be other things that would be required of this person to move on. If you love your spouse, you should also introduce some tough love. You need to find solutions and not just sweep things under the carpet. That won't help. It can bring more pain and agony into that 
marriage. You know, and I want to say this to any kind of perpetrator. That's not the will of God. The Bible says in Proverbs 5, 18, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. So God is not in any way supporting any level of infidelity. But the beautiful thing is this. If people would pray and turn to God, the grace of God is always, always available to help those who will call on the name of the Lord. Thank you, Rosemary. I think we're fine with our questions. And um, Yes, thank you very much for that. Um, so, one more question for you. Um, so, this question reads this way. Before getting married, I had lived a bad life as a man. I was into ladies and did all sorts of things. I have been married for three years now, and I have a strong relationship with God. However, my wife doesn't know the life I lived in the past, and I am careful of telling her because I do not want her to view me based on my past. My wife has previously used things I have said to her against me, and I do not want this to happen again. Please, can you advise me on how to go about managing this situation? So this person is asking for answer. Please, how would you answer this? Genesis 2, 25 says, And they were both naked, and the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Openness is so important in any marriage. Extremely important. Because, you know, without openness, it's difficult to trust fully. Because something you believed yesterday might turn out to be different two days after. So it's important to have, you know, this openness and sincerity that the things you believed yesterday will still be true in a year's time or two weeks time or even five years time. And it becomes a serious, you know, um, it's a painful thing. And it's very bad when someone discovers that what I believed to be true actually was never true at all. And so people would take it in different ways. But there are things that we cannot but make open to our spouses. There are things we cannot make We must make them open to our spouses. Now, I understand this issue because I see someone here who is serving the Lord, sincere, someone who really wants to serve God. And I think from this question, this person is not keeping the information for any advantage. But it's just that it's difficult to maneuver around these without causing more problems. Now, I want to say this, that when it comes to telling someone about you know what you're going through and what has happened to you you need to always consider if i keep this information who has the advantage and i always tell people this this is the rule of thumb if you are keeping information from your spouse for your own advantage that's wrong but there are times where you might have to wait because giving the information will destroy the other person. There's no, it's not love if I give you an information that is going to destroy you. If I give you an information that is going to break you. If I give you an information that it's difficult for you to handle. So wisdom to weigh this appropriately is very essential. So that you present whatever you need to present at the right time in the right way to create a positive outcome than a negative one what am i going to gain if after presenting all of that then it destroys the entire marriage and we have to go our own way i know some people would say anyway you've said the truth but there's a way to say the truth that would be right and that's where you need the holy spirit you need prayer but let me say it again do not keep any information away from your spouse when you have an advantage from that 
make sure you're doing it for their own advantage and reveal everything you need to reveal. Let me just say this. If this person is dealing with a spouse who probably would use the words against you, one of the things you could do is to let the person understand. Call the person. Explain to the person. You know, this might not be that easy to do, but I think it would be very, very powerful if you could do this. Call the person and explain to the person, I've got things to tell you about my past. I want to tell you. I don't want to hide it from you, but, you know, I've told you one or two or three things and you've always used them against me. You've always spoken words based on that and so on and so forth. I want to tell you stuff, but I don't want to be wounded because of it. I don't want you to use it as a weapon against me. So let the person know that you've got stuff to say. At least you are halfway there. Let the person know that I've got stuff to tell you, but it's difficult for me to say because then it's going to be a problem and you're going to attack me for it. I think that it's a fantastic way to start. Then the person knows that you're being transparent. You've already committed yourself to it, that you've got something to say, but you're waiting for the person to be able to understand with you in a way that you can cope and not destroy your marriage or destroy your own mental well-being because of it. I think that is very important. I would always say this, and uh, and that is that you should pray about it also. You can pray with your wife and tell your wife, you know what, I've got stuff to say to you, but we need to pray. You know, somebody might be wondering, I've mentioned prayer for all, most of these questions. I'm saying, say, no, 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 no. We're talking about answers. We're talking about practical solutions. What's the place of prayer in this? Yeah, prayer is important. If you're a Christian and you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you believe in the grace of God, prayer, it's always a fantastic way to deal with things. And that is the truth. One thing I've noticed in many years and decades of counseling married people is this. Many people will do everything. They will even pray individually. They will speak to pastors, counselors, therapists. They will speak to professionals. They will speak to mentors and coaches. And they will do all of that. But most times when you ask people, have you actually together, I mean the word together, have you prayed together concerning this? Have you sat down together to seek the face of God together, read your Bible together and say, God, we've got this challenge in our marriage. How do we move forward from here? And most times people haven't done that. They haven't done that. And so I believe that it's very, very, very useful to do in your marriage. So for this person, I think you already have it. This person has a good mind uh, to, to do what is right. But also, they should not operate in fear. They should pray, trust God for his grace, be open with the spouse, and let them know, I've got stuff to tell you. Please, let's get ourselves ready to hear it so that they can move forward together. The beautiful thing is this. You're talking about things you've done in your past life. I think a good spouse, an understanding spouse, should respect the sincerity of this person to want to open up. I just hope. That it won't be things that your spouse will be thinking, you should have told me this before we got married. So that's where you need to be very careful and to be transparent as quickly as you could. Because it might sometimes be too late in a marriage, especially when it's causing a lot of havoc already. So, Rosemary, I think, yep, that uh, should answer that question. Um, yeah, over to you. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Um, and for those listening, don't forget to pray about. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. Did you learn something today? Because I sure did. See you next time on Relationship and Marriage, Question and Answer. All right, let me just, a word of prayer just before we go. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just speak grace and wisdom, knowledge and understanding to everyone listening to this right now. 
We pray that you would not just receive these for yourself, but you will receive these for somebody else and be a blessing. Your marriage will move to the next level and the grace of God will be sufficient for you to answer all the questions that you have. Don't forget to subscribe to relationship marriage question and answer it's so important to do that and don't forget we're gonna let you have our email address so you can send in your questions and be a part of it rosemary thank you very much i think it's been a great day and um i'll be with you next time god bless thank you bye now